joy. This is one leg of the story of kind of avoided telling simply because it's probably the most painful and probably the most difficult to tell, which likely means it's the most important. So I've briefly shared the story of Arya's birth and it was by far one of the most traumatic things that I've ever been through. I was expecting to have a normal delivery, birth, afterbirth, all that good stuff, but um, I was pleasantly, unpleasantly surprised. So I went to a scheduled appointment on a Thursday morning and it was as I suspected that labor had already began amniotic fluid was low and I had to immediately be transferred to the hospital so in my mind this meant that oh my goodness is imminent she's coming don't go do anything else come straight to the hospital sit down have this kid and go home needless to say that's not what's ha- what happened so we're there and I am not dilating told doctors that that would indeed happen But of course, no one listens to first-time moms tell them about their bodies. So, 12 hours pass, we get an epidural, 24 hours pass, still no activity. 36 hours later, well, Miss Jackson, we've started the Pitocin and you're dilating just a little bit, but not quickly enough. So, we can do one of two things. We can wait and see what happens or we can go ahead and do a c-section so needless to say 36 hours in i'm concerned about her i'm ready to get her here so i can see her with my own two eyes and make sure that she's safe so i opt for the c-section so i'm wheeled into the into the operating room and everything is great until they lay me down flat because they had allowed me to eat so i'm vomiting everywhere Again, this is by far the most wonderful experience I have ever had in all my life. Vomiting on the operating table, repeatedly being pushed and pulled and tugged and jugged. And finally, she came into the world without a cry. She sounded like a little cat meowing, but she did not scream. They brought her around to look at me. She looked at me. I looked at her. She looked at me again. And they they swooped her away and... I came out of the anesthesia maybe four or five hours later. Where's my kid? They bring her to me and we have a little while together and then they take her back to the nursery because I'm still so very anesthetized that I need to sleep. So in the days after I was discharged, we were discharged, we went home, my aunt was there, my parents were there. And my aunt stayed with me for about 34 days, night and day, to help me with Aria because her dad had taken a job that took him away from home for a little while, which I was 150% okay with at the time because I didn't realize how much help I was going to need. I did not anticipate having a C-section. I did not anticipate being as immobile as I was and still trying to do all the things that I was trying to do. 
So fast forward 65 days to the fateful day of her passing and my aunt had gone home and I was experiencing the first couple of days and nights alone with her and I was okay for the first couple of days until that particular day she started to feel warm to me and I thought she was sick so I was up fretting and barely sleeping and because of all of this I had her in the bed with me so I'm still propped up on pillows and coughing and sneezing with pillows to my stomach so I don't rip my staples and, and stitches and getting shots in my stomach every day so I don't get a blood clot so she was sleeping beside me on her back and I drifted off for an hour, woke up, she was gone. So in the days that followed, a social worker contacted me. Now, for those that don't know, I am a mental health therapist, but I'm trained as a master's level social worker. So I know the routine, but I didn't expect what came after. I didn't have any other children in the home with me, so I did not expect for my home to be investigated. I didn't expect to be investigated. But what I learned was that a sheriff's deputy that responded to the call had reached out to DHS because there was an adult in a bed with a child. And the assumption is that that adult rolled on that child and killed that child. So for many days and weeks, I contemplated the idea, did I do this? Is it possible that I had done this? If so, how would it be possible that I could roll and feel no pain, being that I was still sleeping completely and totally upright, just because of the pain that laughing or sneezing or coughing would cause? For anyone that's ever had a C-section, you know that the aftermath is far worse than the surgery itself. So I questioned my own sanity. Did I do this? Needless to say, that added to the trauma and the grief and the fear and the worry. I wasn't worried about being punished by the legal system or anything like that. My biggest concern was that I really did this. I was so exhausted and so lazy as a parent that I kept her close to me so I wouldn't be uncomfortable trying to get up and down and up and down trying to reach for her when I should be limiting my range of motion as much as possible because I've had major abdominal surgery. That didn't matter to my brain. It didn't matter to the sheriff. It didn't matter to the social worker. All they knew was a child was deceased and there was a parent in the bed with that child. So the social worker closed out the case. It was null and void because when she went to my home, it was exactly the way I left it when I found her and there were no signs of foul play or in even an accidental death. But in the weeks that passed, I received her death certificate and down at the very bottom where it says cause of death there was one word and I never thought a word would be such a hateful thing to me but it listed her cause of death as overlay and at first I didn't really understand what that meant but as I looked into it and asked questions it's basically saying that yes I did indeed roll over on her 
killing her and I was unaware of it. I think that hurt me more than her actual passing because it made me feel so negligent as a person, as a parent, as a mom. Because there are certain things that you just expect yourself to be good at. And being a mom was one of those things that I expected myself to be good at. But I wasn't. And I failed her in that way. I failed her at her birth. I failed her at her death. I failed her everywhere in between. Because I couldn't do what was necessary for her to be safe. It's definitely a disturbing idea, to say the least. The hardest thing in the world to have changed is a death certificate, a cause of death, because the medical examiner will have to admit that they did something wrong or that they missed something or that they just didn't do a thorough enough job and too many people would be blamed for too many things, so it seemed like the easiest thing to do would be to blame the parent. How dare you not come up with the brilliant idea of blaming an already bereft parent. I'm sure it seemed like a genius plan at the time, and I'm sure it's not something that's never been done. But in sitting in the office with the coroner and describing the situation himself and having him to say, you know, all three of my children slept in the bed with me, I slept with them on my chest and here and there, and for him to turn around and make such a conclusion not in my face was a slap in the face so following that I found myself having more sleep disturbances I tossed, I turned I fought, I literally started to wonder did I really do this if I'm tossing and turning and doing this now was I capable of tossing and turning then, even with the pain. Now, mind you, months have passed at this point since the surgery, the birth, but I still had those questions in my subconscious because they weren't resolved for me. And if I'm honest, there are thoughts that still creep into my mind because I wonder if I had made a different choice if I had put her in her bassinet rather than had her beside me. Would she be here? And I don't have an answer. I wish I had an answer, but I don't. And it's disturbing. Most definitely. Sometimes I find myself driving down the road and I'm thinking of her. Who she'd be if she'd be proud to have me as her mom. Moments when I'm acting silly or home alone singing or dancing and I think about what it would be like to have her here singing and dancing and laughing with me. I wonder if I robbed myself of that joy. If I put myself in the tenth circle of hell. Unfortunately, I have no answer. And I don't know that the answers exist. 
And I have to come to a place of peace with that lack of knowledge. Because if I continue to seek it and not find it, it will only bring confusion and chaos to my life. When I'm seeking peace above all, I pray that you'll continue to walk this road with me taking the time to be with me. Until next time, see you soon.